Hello and welcome to Patty's Got Your Six podcast. We're at the American Legion Post 771 in Gurney, Illinois. And uh, my sidekick here, my wife Kathy, the hostess with the mostest. <laughs> Hello. How are you today? <laughs> Very good. Right, we have a great guest today. He's a veteran and he's with uh, local 130 Plumbers Union. And we're going to talk about some programs that the union offers for veterans. Great, great concept, great programs. So without further ado, Brian Anderson, training coordinator at Chicago Journeyman Plumbers Local 130. Brian, welcome aboard. Hi, Pat. How are Hi, you today? You. I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Good, good, good. So tell us about, you're a veteran, and tell us a little bit about yourself in that way. Well, I went into the Navy uh, right out of high school back in 1991. Um didn't really know what I wanted to do, but my uh, my recruiter urged me to get into something technical, so I went into electronics. Uh-huh. So as an electronics technician, I got attached to a uh, pre-commissioning detachment where we were we were building a uh, an LH, LHD class uh, ship, uh, which I believe you're a Marine. Am yeah. I right? Yes, and I hate ships. You know that. So, you might know about Gator Freighters. That's what the LHD platform yeah, is. Yes. We had twelve hundred sailors and two thousand Marines. Get along uh, great. Get along great. Here, <laughs> So, so for the civilians so, among us, what what does a Gator Freighter mean? Well, so a Gator Freighter is uh, we consider the Marines Gators. We, the Navy, <laughs> call the Marines Gators, and we freight them around. So okay. a ship that carries around Marines is a Gator freighter. Got it. <laughs> and the Marines call the Navy our Uber drivers. That's right. right. That's right. My dad, a Marine. There you go. A seagoing bellhop. <laughs> <laughs> Love your dad already. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what'd you do when you got out of the Navy? How did you get involved with uh, Local 130? Well, I I had a bit of a, there was a career in between. Actually, I got out of the Navy and I went into um, industry. I was working for a company putting quality control uh, computers on factory machinery. Wow. And then if you remember back in 2003 and 2004, the economy kind of fell apart. And I find myself looking for a job. And, and so I was working part-time at a bar and helping a guy turn apartments into condos and just doing whatever I could to kind of make ends meet and, and that kind of thing. And, and then a guy came into the bar one time, one of our regulars played on a softball team and, and he said, Hey, Brian, I quit my job today and I'm starting a company. And I only knew him as Brad the plumber at that point. Hmm. And I said, well, that seems kind of bold. And he goes, well, you know, it didn't work out where I was at. And so I'm going to do my own thing. He says, what do you think about being a plumber? And I said, Brad, I don't know anything about being a plumber. He goes, well, I can teach you how to be a plumber. I cannot teach work ethic. And I've seen your work ethic. Thank you. And it's something that I want. So what do you think about being a plumber? And I said, well, you're really going to have to teach me because I don't know anything (laughs) about it. There you go. And so he was gracious, and he taught me the craft, and he got me into the local union. It took a little while because back then uh, there wasn't a whole lot of jobs, and and it used to be where you had a you had to really know somebody, and and you had a you had to have a good connection to get in. And he was just starting out as a company, and 
wasn't a good enough connection. So it took me several years to get into the program. And um, so I went through and I did pretty well in the uh, apprenticeship. And I uh, was invited to an apprentice uh, contest. And I won a couple of those at the state and the regional level and then went to the international level and, and uh, was taught by some of the greats around here and um, unfortunately took second there. But what that led me to was becoming a night school instructor. Uh-huh. And it's all just building on what you've learned and building on who you've, uh, you know, the, the things that you've learned from those above you. And at least that's the way my career has been. Right. And so making the most out of my opportunities has been kind of always the thing, right? Name in a game. You got that right. Uh, don't yeah, tell me so that Frank Borkowski was your instructor. <laughs> he certainly was. Oh. He's still teaching me every, I this t- day. Then, then you were taught well, and uh, talk about a work ethic. That guy is a proud, proud union man mm-hmm. and a hell of a proud, proud he American. And he won a lot of he competitions is. that that you were talking about earlier there. If I recall, he used to coach young young apprentices um, for those very competitions. Right. That's exactly what he does. He trains champions. That's what yeah. we say around here. There you go. You're right. true. He really does. You're absolutely right. He trains champions. And he gives the a damn of the, a, right. Of our, our international union doesn't like to see us at the competition <laughs> because we win so many of them. <laughs> And that's that's beautiful. I think we've got ten out of the last twenty or something. Right, and he's damn proud yeah. of that too. Great, great instructor. And I was fortunate enough to really sit in on one of his classes, and I tell you what, I was paying attention. Was he like a drill sergeant? <laughs> worse, in the Marine worse. <laughs> but he's good, and, and it, you can see it in the plumbers. And the best ones are, are trained by him. You can see it. And that's how right. we met you, right. right, Brian? Is through Frank? Yeah, yeah. Frankie. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So he, he's the type of guy that will. He'll give you everything that he has in within himself if you're just willing to take it. That's the key, too. Right. You know? Right. Right. If if you don't want to learn, he's not going to waste his time with you. And nor but should if he. you have one little ounce of wanting to learn in you, he'll give you everything he's got. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's great. He's a great it guy, really that's great. for sure. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, you started working for a contractor, and you got into the right. union. Yep, and uh, did a couple of different jobs. You know, I worked in the office. I ran work for for that contractor, and then that particular employment kind of ran its course, and I went off to another one, and then uh, I worked there for a couple of years. Worked at Mercy Hospital here in Chicago for three years, uh, working for that company, C.J. Erickson was that last company, and then had applied for the full-time instructor job, uh, actually three times. I missed it twice. Uh, the first time, honestly, I had no business applying for it because I was a journeyman for maybe a year at that point. And then, uh, but it was one of those things where if this is the one, the life that I want, then I got to go get it. No one's going to just give it to me. Exactly. And so the next time a job came up, it was for a welding instructor position and I'm not a good welder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And I really didn't have any business applying for it that time either. But um, squeaky wheel gets the creeps, right? And so right. I missed that one. And then the third time was the lucky charm, and that was that was the one that I got the full time position. And that was uh, about five and a half years ago. And um, I had been teaching night school at that point for several years, and so uh, I started teaching during the day. And and Frankie became my 
coworker at that point, which was pretty amazing. Yep. So I got to learn from him on several different levels. And um, like I said, I'm still learning from him. Yeah, and then uh, just recently, we created the training coordinator position because my boss, uh, the training director, uh, the job is just too big. We've, we fluctuate between 600 to 800 apprentices in our program. Wow. And we cover 17 counties in northeast Illinois. And um, and there's a lot to do. Oh, I can imagine. To, we have to make sure. Yeah, we got to make sure they're getting the right experience in the classroom as well as on the job. You have over uh, 6,000 members, don't you? We do. We do. And that's just Chicago. It's a lot of brains to be concerned about. <laughs> that it is. And you, you built a new building there on Washington, if I remember correctly. We did. That was five years ago. Right when I started, we opened that up. Uh, or shortly after I started, we had opened that one up. And we built another new one just last year. It opened in Joliet. And that's a training facility? So or? Three, yes. We have three facilities for training. We've got the one in uh, West Loop here at uh, 1400 West Washington. Right. And then we've got one in Joliet, just off of Larkin and I-80. And then we have our, our third one uh, up north is in uh, Volo. Volo, off right. Off Route 12. Yeah, I remember Frankie was uh, teaching there for a while, too. He did, he did. Yeah. That was a bit of a commute. He was living on the north side. Yes. So did the military... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just wondering if no, any of the military um, offerings helped with your education in this world. Like, we talked with young Chris Counts not too long ago, and he took advantage of, what's it called? the Tuition programs and uh, Yeah, different school. tuition sure. programs. And I was just wondering if you tapped into the, those services with the military to, to so get your I, training. When I joined, we, we had the opportunity to... Uh, we had, we, you could, you could select the post Vietnam era GI bill or you could deny or decline it. And at the time when I was making, you know, $11,000 a year or whatever, I told them, no, thank you. Because I came from Illinois and Illinois has the Illinois veteran scholarship fund. Um, had I given that hundred dollars a month for a year, that $1,200, I would have ended up with, I think it's $12,000 or almost 11,800 is what it was, right? Sure. Um, that I could have used um, while I was in school as an apprentice. So now, currently, we have all sorts of veterans in our program, and they are able to draw on their GI Bill and get paid money for going to school while they're getting paid. That's one of the unique things about our program here is that for the first three years, our apprentices work four days a week for a contractor doing plumbing in the field, and then they come to school on the fifth day, whether that's, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. It depends on what class they're in. But they're still getting paid while they're sitting in class by that wow. same contract. So, and that's at whatever rate they happen to be at for whatever uh, year they are in their program. So a brand-new first-year apprentice makes $18.65 an hour for all 40 of those hours. They've worked 32 hours with their contractor, and they still get that eighteen sixty-five an hour for the for the other eight while they're in class. Wow. Now our veterans, they can apply for the GI Bill and get their normal GI Bill pay, pay, payments because it's considered full-time school. That's good, excellent. So that's like double dipping, right? You know. So, so is this the helmets to hardheads program or? 
No, that's just the GI Bill. The helmet, the hard hats is just kind of a, uh, it's just an introduction is really all that is for us. That's the helmets, the hard hats is like a big database where we can, we can look up on the helmets, the hard hats website. Um, it's basically like a a spreadsheet where I can look at it and see who's been in contact with them. That's going to be separating from the military in the near future, where they want to live, what their experience is. And then I can directly recruit them or they can reach out to me and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a a hull technician getting out of the Navy in Norfolk, Virginia. And I want to live in Chicago because maybe I, maybe I grew up in Tennessee or something, but I got family or my wife is from Chicago or whatever. That's where I want to go back to uh, once I separate and, and become a civilian again. And so we can, we can have them test and get them through the application process uh, remotely. And then when they come and, and finally get here, we can get them set into a class, give them some experience, uh, you know, consideration for what they did while they were in the service, whether they were in the Army, Navy, Air Force, right. you know, whatever. What a great program. Um, and then we also have a thing called VIP. It's the Veterans in Piping. That's, that's within our international union the united association so the vip is a lot more comprehensive and the sailors and marines and and airmen and 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 army uh folks they when they're getting out they can uh get in contact with the ua's vip program we've got a marine by the name of mike hazard who runs that for the ua he um he and a couple other gentlemen um I you know I, I should know this off the top of my head, but I think they have 16 bases across mostly the West Coast and the East Coast. Where uh, when servicemen are getting out, they sign up for this program, and the last four months of their of their time, they set, they they leave their their unit wherever they're stationed, and they go to school and they learn how to weld, or they learn how to, how to work on HVAC systems, or whatever they choose you know if they want to and these trades that are in the, the united association are plumbers pipe fitters hvac service techs and sprinkler fitters so they can choose one of those four paths and they can go work on that stuff for four months with some veterans who are also pipe trades tradesmen huh. and they teach them a crash course on how to do what their career path that they're choosing is going to be like and huh. then once they finish that they get direct entry, right? They don't even have to apply. They just come right into the local and they get put into a class and they have the same benefits and everything that uh, any other member does as soon as they get here, day one. That's a great program. It's a Absolutely. really it's a yes. great program. And so needed. And um, I get a question. But what's the difference between a plumber and a technical engineer? And the reason I ask that is okay, the, so the, the uh, technology is just changing overnight. and It has to be hitting you guys pretty right. hard because you look downtown Chicago there's a building going up every week every, on every corner. And the technology is right. just fascinating. So the tech engineers or technical engineers, like you had said, they are a division of Plumbers Local 130. They do not do plumbing. Um, going back a lot of decades, they, um, they had a very small union and they needed some help for stability. And so Plumbers Local 130 took them under their structure just to make sure that they didn't get taken advantage of and uh, by other uh, unions or 
um, you know, at the collective bargaining table and things like that. So, but they are their own entity. They're just under our umbrella, our collective umbrella. And so tech engineers, the way that they differ from plumbers is plumbers are water conveyance professionals, right? So we take good, clean, potable drinking water and supply it to users all over the world, yes. you know, whichever portion of the world we happen to be in. And then once they use that water, we take it away, right? We, we provide the, the, the conveyance structure for all that. Um, the tech engineers, they're the ones that set all the control lines for all the trades. Uh-huh. They make sure that we build buildings in the right place and that they go up straight. If they don't, uh, if they're not, if we don't have the tech engineers to check as a building is being built, or the analogy that I like to use all the time is a bridge. You could start a bridge from both ends, and because of the tech engineers, you end up meeting in the middle and not being off by 10 inches there or 10 go. feet. Right, right. Huh. So they do all the high-tech measurements and, you know, using lasers and triangulation, and uh, they're using drones now and, I mean, 3D modeling and drawing all the piping systems inside a building two years before they even dig, uh, put a shovel in the ground to, to dig the foundation for the building. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. The technology is really, really out in front. Right. So, so I'm a veteran, or I'm not a veteran. I'm going to become a veteran. I get out in four months. I want to get in the uh, union. I get accepted. I, you go, you're an apprentice, and then you become a journeyman. Is that correct? Yes. And how it's long do you have to be? Program. Five years. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off there. No problem. Um, no problem. But, yeah, three years during the day uh, where you go to school. Like I, like I mentioned before, you got four days of work on the job site. For a, for a normal 40-hour week, there's going to be Saturday work. There's going to be Sunday work at double time, you know. Right. Uh, but you go to school for four days, uh, one day a week. You go to work four days a week for three years. And then the fourth year, you go to work all all five days of the week, and you come to school at night. We currently have 23 classes at night in the fourth year. And those go from September to the beginning of April. And... Um, and then the fifth year is only eight classes. The fifth year is all about getting prepared for the plumbing license exam. So in the state of Illinois, you have to have a license in your pocket to practice plumbing. And the reason for that is that if, if uh, you made a mistake in your job as a plumber and you connected uh, something that was not clean, like a sanitary sewer, to a potable water supply yep. and you contaminated that potable water supply, you could infect hundreds or thousands of people with, you know, any number of bad situations. Sure. And so we're licensed through the health department and um, it's a good thing that we have to have a, a license in our pocket because without a license, then anybody who ever, glued a couple of pieces of PVC together can call themselves a plumber. Right? There you go, so, right, right. And Chicago has the uh, hardest uh, building code in the in the country, I believe. I would say so. It's right. one of the hardest. We're, we're one of the last places, I think we might be the last place to require hub and spigot uh, cast iron with uh, lead and oakum joints. Huh. Um, Are you finding any so um, downturn in recruitment or new new students? 
We're everyone's it up. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I would think that you, the demand is there. I was just wondering. I mean, you always hear about companies having a hard time hiring, and just right. wondering how that's so, all affecting you. So COVID kind of put the brakes on recruiting for high school post-secondary career specialists. That's the term that they use for what I would have called a guidance counselor back then <laughs> when I was in school. Right. Um, in the last two and a half years, there hasn't really been a high school experience for these young men and women. And so these recruiters, uh, or I'm sorry, recruiters, these counselors are putting together recruiting events uh, at an alarming rate. I get probably two or three requests a day for us to be at career fairs. And uh, wow. I've got one tomorrow at Harvard Military Academy. I've got two on Wednesday. Uh, one is uh, Chicago Police Department, Chicago Fire Department wants to promote the trades, and so they're having a career hmm. event, a trade-specific career event. Um, and then I've got another one in Amundsen High School tomorrow afternoon. There you go. So um, it's just, it's. I think I have 30 on my calendar for the next uh, five or six weeks. You know, there's a lot. I'll tell you um, what, another thing, too, is sure. the uh, kids finding out going to college they're paying off their loans for the next 20, 30 years. You go in in a trade oh, and yeah. boom, you're making serious cash right off the bat. And it's a great, great organization to be part of. So I have a little story about that. If you, if you don't mind me. Not at all. Go ahead. A few minutes and talking about my own life. My, I have two kids. My, my son is 29. My daughter is 28. Neither of them military. Uh, both of them had worked with me. Uh, on weekends and stuff, working on plumbing around the house and, you know, others and whatnot. And neither of them wanted to be a plumber. Okay, no problem. They want to go to college. My son wanted to go to graphic design uh, school, and my daughter wanted to be in marketing. So I told them both when they were young in high school, I said, I'm not going to pay for your college. You're going to have to get there on your own. You're going to have to get scholarships. And so you're going to need to stay in the top 10% of your class and you're going to have to kick butt on the ACT and SAT, whatever test you decide to choose to take. And so they both did. They stayed in the top 10% of their class. They kicked butt on the ACTs. They both got good scholarships. My son went to Augustana College in Rock Island, Illinois, $50,000 a year. <laughs> Crazy. $50,000 a year. Wow. Luckily, he ended up getting out of that owing only $45,000, which is great. You know, when you figure they put this price tag, which I don't agree with, but they put this price tag on their on their education of $200,000 for a four-year school, and he ended up only owing forty five out of that. Mm. Well, that sounds good, but then he comes home and can't get a job. Yep. So he went five years after graduating college before he finally was able to take a job had less money than he wanted and doing um, a part of the career that he didn't really want to do. He was touching up photos for a high school. And that was five years after he graduated. That's sad. And, I, and honestly, I think the reason he did that is because I told him, I go, at some point you're unemployable because you've had four years of training and that was five years ago. So yeah, good point. why is an employer, when I hire you, you have no experience, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And hmm. so finally now he's happy he's moving up he's doing things he's designing background for video games that you find 
at like uh, like he did one for the Blackhawks, where you know you you go to the uh, the game and and um, say I don't know I'm going to get this wrong, but the sponsor might be Mountain Dew, and they say download this app and play the game where you're the goalie and you block the right, puck right. and we'll give you a free two. Huh. He designs the background of his games and there he's happy and he's making more money. But yeah. he had to pay his dues and now oh, he's 29 years old and mm-hmm. and he's been out of college for seven years and you know so. He did a lot of that time where he could have been doing graphic design if there was a job. He ended up working at bars and working at uh, as a waiter and things like that. It's sure. not, it's not how we saw it going, to say the least. Right. Hmm. Now, if you if you take that same, say we parallel that same time frame, and this is what I think is very plausible. You've got a young man and a young woman getting out of high school, getting out of the military. And they want to become a plumber, right? They start off, they get into the program, they're making eighteen sixty-five an hour for the first six months. They jump up to twenty dollars and thirty cents for the second six months. Then they go up to twenty-four bucks an hour in their second year. Then they go up to twenty-seven, and then they go up to thirty-six, right? In their fourth year, I think they're making thirty-six bucks an hour, and there's zero debt. Not only is there zero debt. They've been paid to go to school the whole time, and if they're veterans with the GI Bill, mm-hmm. they're getting they're double dipping on that pay. Wow. So finally, they finish up their five year apprenticeship. They get a license with the city of Chicago or with the state of Illinois, and now they're making at current wages fifty four dollars and eighty cents an hour. It's one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year with taking two weeks vacation and not working overtime. That is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. For a Twenty-three-year-old young man or woman. Wow. So, if uh, somebody's and coming out of the military, how do they get uh, a hold of you or uh, anybody at the union to get involved in the helmets to uh, hard hats program? So, helmets to hard hats. Uh, you can just Google helmets to hard hats, and you'll find their uh, their information. Um, they their local contact is. I have his business card right here. His name is Bill Mulcrone. Okay. And his email address is B M U L C R O N E at helmets to hardhats.org. All right. Now, is this a national program? It is. Okay, good, good. And he he covers the Midwest. He's the Midwest regional manager. Uh, but he's I believe he's local to Chicago. All right, beautiful. His address on this card says Washington, D.C., but that's not where he works. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, Brian Anderson, thank you for the education, and thank you what you do for veterans there. And uh, we'll put all this information on our website. And we'd like to thank you for taking the time out and educating us on uh, Local 130 and what you guys offer to veterans. And, and God bless Local 130 for what you guys do for vets. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Thank you. You have a great day now. You too. I smell popcorn.